This is an encore presentation of Tuesday Cafe. I'll be back next Tuesday at 10. Here's my interview with Andrew Warren from September. It was a few weeks after he had been suspended by the governor, and it was a day after a preliminary court hearing. His case against Ron DeSantis goes to trial next Tuesday. Welcome to WMNF 88.5 FM and WMNF.org. You're listening to the Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canaan. Last month, Governor Ron DeSantis suspended the elected state attorney in Hillsborough County, Andrew Warren. Warren will be our guest on the show in a few minutes. Warren sued DeSantis, and there was a hearing yesterday in Tallahassee. Recording was not allowed in the courtroom, so we have to rely on what reporters are telling us about what happened there. The Tampa Bay Times writes that the judge appears to favor a trial over immediately reinstating Andrew Warren to decide the issue once and for all. Warren was requesting a preliminary injunction to put him back in office that DeSantis removed him from last month. Andrew Warren was requesting the injunction, and here's a short summary of what happened in court yesterday. It comes from Valerie Crowder. So again, we'll have Andrew Warren on in just a few minutes. DeSantis suspended Warren, an elected official, last month for signing on to joint statements from fair and just prosecution that said prosecutors would refrain from pursuing cases involving abortion and gender-affirming care. Speaking to reporters, Warren explained his lawsuit is about more than just getting his job back. He says he's fighting for democracy itself. This is about making sure that our elections have meaning, making sure that no one, not even the governor, can overturn an election. U.S. District Court Judge Bob Hinkle explained during the hearing that more evidence is needed. Trial dates haven't yet been set. I'm Valerie Crowder in Tallahassee. So thanks for that report from the WFSU newsroom up in Tallahassee for that court hearing that did not have any audio or video from it. So we appreciate that. And um, let me read more details of what happened in the courtroom yesterday before we bring on our guest. Again, in a few minutes, we're going to be joined by suspended Hillsborough State Attorney Andrew Warren. You're listening to WMNF Tampa. This is Tuesday Cafe. So I'm going to read to you just a bit from the News Service of Florida. And here's what their reporter who was in the courtroom yesterday said. A federal judge on Monday refused to dismiss a lawsuit filed by suspended Hillsborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren, but also rejected the Democrats' request for a preliminary injunction to block the suspension by Governor Ron DeSantis, saying the public wouldn't be served by yo-yoing prosecutors. During an hour-long hearing, U.S. District Judge Robert Hinkle peppered a lawyer for DeSantis with questions about whether DeSantis overstepped his authority by suspending Warren and whether the governor violated Warren's protected speech rights. On August 4th, DeSantis issued an executive order suspending the twice-elected prosecutor, accusing Warren of incompetence and willful defiance of his duties. DeSantis's order pointed to a letter Warren signed pledging to avoid enforcing a new law preventing abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Also, the governor targeted a statement Warren joined condemning the criminalization of transgender people and gender-affirming care. Warren's lawsuit alleges DeSantis violated the suspended prosecutor's First Amendment rights and contends the governor's executive order did not identify any actual conduct by Warren related to his official duties involving alleged criminal activity for seeking gender-affirming health care or abortion. The attorney for Warren told Hinkle that Warren, who is an elected official, has to be free to express himself on issues of public importance. The attorney took issue with the evidence that DeSantis cited in the executive order, and he said they don't say what 
what the governor says they said, and, and he's an Arizona-based attorney with the Perkins Coy LLP firm. I'm going to continue reading here from the News Service of Florida, again, because there was no recording allowed in there or else I'd be playing audio from that hearing. But we have to rely on the reporters who were there to tell us what happened. The judge told the lawyer for Andrew Warren that one sentence in the abortion statement seems to say we're not going to prosecute any abortion case. But the lawyer said there was never such a case referred to Andrew Warren. The lawyer said value statements joined by Warren are not policies that he acted on. And and the lawyer continued, every case is evaluated on a case by case basis. There is no evidence to contradict that. So I will, that's something I will certainly be asking our guest, Andrew Warren, when he joins us in just a minute or two. But here's what the state's lawyer said. State Solicitor General Henry Whitaker, representing DeSantis, argued that Warren's speech in the statements is not protected because it's government speech. And he said, Andrew Warren has no First Amendment right to say that he's not going to do his job. That's what Whitaker, the attorney for the state, told the judge. The judge repeatedly pressed Whitaker on the issue. The judge gave an example of an elected official being suspended by the governor for telling voters which candidate to support. And the judge asked, that can't be right, can it? And the, ju- the lawyer for the state said, I think it can. The Judge Hinkle also pointed to a U.S. Supreme Court ruling involving former civil rights leader Julian Bond, who was elected to the Georgia legislature in 1965. The Georgia House of Representatives refused to allow Bond to take his seat after he signed onto a statement condemning the Vietnam War. The U.S. Supreme Court reinstated him two years later, affirming that the First Amendment protects elected officials' freedom to speak out on public issues. The judge said to the lawyer for the state, the U.S. Supreme Court put Mr. Bond back in his position. You're going to tell me that I can't do that? You really do think the governor is the state attorney's boss? And the response from the state's lawyer, he is his supervisor in the same sense that federal prosecutors answer to the president of the United States. But shaking his head, the judge Hinkle noted that U.S. attorneys are appointed by the president and are not elected state attorneys. The the judge said the governor can't go to a state attorney and start giving directions to the state attorney. Then the lawyer retorted, that's not correct. He supervises state attorneys in some respects, Whitaker said, adding that the governor has the authority to assign cases to state attorneys. The governor was elected by millions more people than Mr. Warren was, said the attorney. But the judge, Hinkle, expressed concern about a governor's ability to remove an elected official from office because he disagrees with their policy decisions. The judge said, I'm talking about politics, partisanship. Those things are all protected by the First Amendment, too. The judge asked the lawyer for the state if an elected official is speaking for the state of Florida when he holds a rally. He doesn't have a right to say, I am a law unto myself and I can't be disciplined for it, the solicitor general responded. The judge said he had to consider the real reason behind Warren's suspension, posing a hypothetical scenario in which a Republican governor removed a group of Democratic state attorneys who take a softer stance on crime. Well, there's more to this story, but our guest is joining us on Zoom now. So let me bring in, uh, joining us now by Zoom is suspended Hillsborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren. Welcome back to WMNF, Mr. Warren. Sean, thanks for having me back. I'm glad you could join us. I know it's a busy week for you, a busy month. But I should, and I should also start by telling our, letting our audience know that because this is an ongoing legal case, there may be some things you can't talk about. So we'll try to get as much information as possible from you. Let's start at the beginning. Tell us about the day you were removed from office. What happened there? Well, well, it was August 4th. I was actually supervising the grand jury because our office was bringing charges against two men 
uh, for two cold cases that had gone unsolved for 39 years for the brutal rape and murder of two young women in Tampa from the 1980s. So we had worked with law enforcement. We'd actually uh, uncovered this case because of a man who was wrongfully convicted, we had exonerated, and then we went after the actual perpetrators. So it was actually a really important day for our office. And all of a sudden I received an email uh, about my suspension. I walked out of the grand jury, I went to my office, and just a couple minutes later, I was uh, someone from the governor's office showed up with an armed deputy and they told me I needed to leave immediately. And I was escorted out of my office. The whole thing took just a few minutes. Well, that was, uh, I'm sure, very uh, disrupting to your to your life, and as you know, a lot has changed since then. But let's maybe fast forward to what happened yesterday. The judge did not dismiss your lawsuit yesterday. He also did not grant your request to get your job back while the case goes to trial. So, what's your reaction to those two decisions by the judge? I mean, yesterday was a win for the truth because a federal judge has now ordered the governor to come and justify what he did. He needs to come into a court of law where the facts matter and where the truth matters and justify why his decision to suspend me did not violate Florida law, did not violate my First Amendment rights, did not violate the voters' constitutional rights. I mean, let's be clear here. The governor is now a, law, a defendant in a federal lawsuit which alleges that he violated the rights of 1.5 million Floridians. And the governor said that case should be thrown out. It has no merit. The Andrew Warren can't sue me. And the judge said, no, 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 not so fast, my friend. Andrew has stated a claim and there are facts to give him relief on this. So governor, you have to come in and now explain yourself. And he might testify during the press conference after yesterday's hearing. You said the judge indicated that Governor DeSantis might testify during the trial. So what did the judge say that gave you that impression? Well, the judge talked about the need to have a complete record. And, you know, we were hoping to have to have the preliminary injunction granted so that I could be back in office right away. But as I've said from the beginning, this is about so much more than my job. This is about defending democracy and protecting elections. And what the judge said is we don't want to have a preliminary ruling on an incomplete record. He wanted a complete record. And what he talked about throughout the nearly two-hour hearing was hearing from the governor about the reasons why I was suspended, whether it was politically motivated, you know, all the evidence that went into the who and the how and the why and the what the governor is going to be expected to come into court, answer those questions. He's going to have to sit to a de- submit to a deposition. He's likely going to be a witness in the trial because that's where the truth is. And the public deserves to know the truth about what the governor's motivations were. I want to remind people that our guest is Andrew Warren. He is the elected Hillsborough County State Attorney suspended by Governor DeSantis last week. He has sued Governor DeSantis to get his job back, and there might be a trial perhaps as soon as late next month. And all this stems from, at least this is what the governor says, that he suspended you because of statements that you signed about not prosecuting people for seeking or for performing abortions or gender-affirming medical procedures. So what were those statements and what made you sign them? Yeah, so first of all, you know, the governor often lives in a political world where facts don't matter very much. But let's get to the facts of this. These were two value statements I signed on. One was after uh, 
the Dobbs case that overturned Roe v. Wade, my statement that we shouldn't be criminalizing healthcare decisions made between women and their doctors. The second statement was another broad value statement about the discrimination of transgender Floridians, how we shouldn't be passing laws that discriminate against and criminalize transgender Floridians, including in terms of the health care that they seek in their private conversations between transgender people and their doctors. Now, these are two of the governor's favorite culture war divisive issues. Uh, clearly, he and I disagree on these subjects, and he's made clear that's the that was the reason why I was suspended. Have you had any cases referred to your office regarding either of those types of cases? No, uh, there haven't been any. I mean, and again, let's keep in mind the facts here. The, the I've never had a case referred to me regarding any type of abortion law or abortion violation, even prior to the 15-week law that was passed. But, you know, the 15-week law was held unconstitutional by the first and only judge who's looked at it. Transgender prohibitions that the governor talks of, don't even exist in the state of Florida. I mean, this is a phantom law that exists in the governor's imagination that I've supposedly refused to enforce. So that's a long way of saying, Sean, no, not a single case has come before me ever on either of these issues in my six years as state attorney. Our guest is Hillsborough County State Attorney, the elected state attorney, Andrew Warren. He's been suspended by the governor. There's a, a sitting uh, state attorney now in Hillsborough County. And you're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. It is 1019 in the morning and you're listening to 88.5 FM WMNF Tampa. You're, uh, you're claiming a First Amendment defense to your actions, I guess, in saying that you shouldn't be suspended for protected speech. But the lawyer for the state yesterday, Henry Whitaker, argued that your speech is not protected because it's government speech. And he goes on to say, Andrew Warren has no First Amendment right to say that he's not going to do his job. What would you say about that? Well, he was wrong. And the judge threw out that argument. I mean, the governor's argument that uh, his very uh, capable attorney made in court was that I work for the governor and therefore I don't have a First Amendment right. And in, in court, he used the analogy of uh, the judge can discipline one of the judge's law clerks if that law clerk says, I'm not going to show up to work anymore. And uh, the judge's response was, but the law clerk's not an elected official. I mean, the judge made very clear that he was dismissing that argument. He was not going to throw out the lawsuit because the governor's claims that I work for the governor, when it is clear, as, as we all know, that I, as an elected official, work for the people of Hillsborough County not the governor of Florida. I read that the state's lawyer answered a judge's hypothetical question by saying that the governor can suspend an elected official for telling voters which candidate to support. So did I get that right? And is that true? Uh, yeah, that's generally accurate. I mean, there was a, uh, a long back and forth between the judge and the, the governor's lawyer. Um, and at one point, the you know, the judge was extremely prepared and thorough, as were the attorneys from both sides. And he came up with different excuse me, different hypotheticals. And one of them was whether the governor could suspend, uh, you know, a state attorney or an elected official for basically endorsing one candidate over another. Another hypothetical that came up in court yesterday has to do with the case of Julian Bond. So what made the judge bring that up? Remind our listeners what that case was all about and how it ended up and how perhaps the judge thinks that it might relate to your case. 
Well, there's a Supreme Court case from the 1960s in which a member of the Georgia legislature uh, was uh, essentially removed or suspended from his position because he had spoken out against the Vietnam War. And the case ended up ended up going to the United States Supreme Court. And they ruled that that was free speech. And as a elected official, he was allowed to speak freely. Not only was he allowed to, he's encouraged to. You know, transparency is supposed to be a good thing among elected officials. And so that is a uh, that's a case that stands for the proposition that elected officials have broad First Amendment rights to speak freely on issues of public concern. And it was part of the reason why the judge, th- that line of case law is part of the reason why the judge ended up denying the governor's attempt to dismiss this entire lawsuit. There were some legal scholars from across the country that signed on as uh, as friend of the court briefs, if I'm saying the right legal term there, um, to, to your case. How many people signed on and why do you think that there was so much support from around the country? Well, I think people see this as an attack on democracy. They see this as an attack on the integrity of our elections. You know, if the governor, and let's put the partisan politics aside for a moment. We have a Republican governor and a Democratic state attorney, but get rid of that for a second. If you have a governor from whatever party removing elected officials from another party without any legal justification, what's the point of having elections? What's left of our democracy? So there were three friends of the court briefs submitted on my behalf. Uh, One was from uh, former prosecutors and attorneys general and former Supreme Court justices in Florida saying that Andrew did what he's obligated to do ethically in exercising prosecutorial discretion in speaking out about his priorities. Then there was a brief submitted by legal experts, law professors from around the country, essentially saying the same thing, talking about Andrew has an ethical obligation to do what he did under prosecutorial ethical requirements. And then there was a third brief submitted by members of the Constitutional Revision Commission, who actually last uh, approved the language in the Florida Supreme Court, excuse me, in the Florida Constitution, that gives the governor power, the very limited power, to suspend elected officials if they, you know, commit a crime or if they, you know, have a stroke and they're not capable, mentally capable of doing the job. And that brief was to say, we were the ones who approved this law, this power to the governor, and the governor has exceeded his authority under the state. Our guest is Andrew Warren, who's the elected state attorney in Hillsborough County, suspended by Governor Ron DeSantis last month. You're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. And Mr. Warren, your attorney in court yesterday defended, I guess, um, said that when you signed on to those statements that we were were referring to earlier about um, what you called value judgments, uh, he said, your attorney said that every case is evaluated on a case-by-case basis. If you say in a value statement that you're not going to prosecute uh, any crimes by providers or seekers of abortion care, for example, is that still true that you are still evaluating every case by on a case by case basis? Yeah. So again, let's be clear. I mean, it's been the policy of the office since the, the first day I got there. And frankly, it should be the policy of every state attorney's office all around the country that every case is evaluated individually on the facts and the evidence and the law of that particular case. That's what we've always done. That's what we will always do. Me speaking out and saying, I don't think this law is a good idea. I don't think that we should be prioritizing prosecuting people for committing this offense. And whether it's an abortion crime or it's 
you know, trespassing or, you know, different state attorneys across the country have said, I don't think enforcing marijuana laws for small amounts of marijuana is a good idea. We have prosecutors who don't enforce adultery laws in the state of Florida. I can't, you know, can't fathom the last time an adultery case was brought in the state of Florida, even though it's illegal on the books. So for prosecutors to say, I don't think this law is a good idea. This won't be a priority for my office is in no way inconsistent with our duty as prosecutors to look at every case referred to us based on the individual merits of that case. And in the last three or so minutes that we have, I'd I'd like to move away from yesterday's hearing to ask you about a theme that emerged during the press conference in Hillsborough County when the governor announced your suspension last month. He was flanked by several law enforcement officers from both inside and outside of Hillsborough. Many of them talked about the crime rate here. The former Tampa police chief went so far as to say he was afraid to go out to dinner with his wife for fear of being jacked. So what's your response to all that? Yeah, I mean... Look, people are going to say all sorts of nonsense when they can stand up in a campaign rally and they're not accountable to the truth. Um, You know, the fact remains that Hillsborough County, in the time that I've been state attorney, the crime rate over the past five years has gone down nearly 30 percent. Hillsborough County is the safest county in the Tampa Bay area. Hillsborough County is the safest large county in the state of Florida. Um, You know, these are facts that are just totally admitted from the conversation. The sheriffs from other counties who moseyed on into Hillsborough County to, you know, voice their thoughts probably should take a look at the fact that our crime rate's lower than theirs. So if if they want to learn a thing or two, I'm happy to teach them about the things that we've been doing with our law enforcement here locally to keep crime down. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the facts left the building with a lot of the things that were said at that press conference. And it frankly goes to the reasons why we're now in court, because as the judge was pointing out yesterday, it sure seems like there are a lot of policy disagreements that led to my suspension, which are not valid reasons under the Constitution. And that's what the court wants to get at. It really wants to understand what the motivations were and whether these reasons for suspending me were just They don't like me as a person. They don't like the policies I've put in place, which are are not valid reasons under the law, or whether there was a valid legal reason, which of course there's not. Our guest is suspended Hillsborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren. You're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. And the last question I'd like to ask you before you leave, Mr. Warren, is unrelated to this specific case, but since you're a prosecutor, uh, I want to ask you your thoughts about the legal issues of, is it legal for the state of Florida to fly migrants from Texas to Massachusetts? I'm not going to speculate on that. As a prosecutor, I wouldn't publicly comment on something when there is a criminal investigation going on without knowing all the facts. You know, what's interesting is that um, the governor has held different, you know, has created controversy recently with several of his decisions, including the flying the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. And outside observers have questioned whether that was illegal, whether it was a political stunt, whether it was a crime. I I can't affect any of those things. The, The truth of those matters will hopefully come to light. But what I can influence and what I can make sure that we know the truth about is my suspension. And the fact that the two elections have been overturned in Hillsborough County by this suspension, that the will of the people and the votes of the people have been stolen away from them by the governor. And that's why we filed this lawsuit. That's why it's going forward. That's why it's going to be a trial when the governor is going to have to come and answer for himself.
Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on WMNF's Tuesday Cafe today, Mr. Warren. Thank you so much for having me. Everyone be safe. Thank you. Andrew Warren was the, is the elected state attorney in Hillsborough County. He was suspended last month by Governor Ron DeSantis. Warren is suing DeSantis to get his job back. If you missed any of this interview, then you can watch it again this afternoon on our website, WMNF.org. You're listening to WMNF Tampa. We now turn the show over to reactions from our listeners. Just a reminder that this is an encore presentation of Tuesday Cafe. We're not taking calls today. We'll be back with a live show next Tuesday. So the rest of the show, we're going to talk about this. What do you think about what happened in the court? You heard firsthand from Andrew Warren what his response was to what happened in the court. I read you most of a newspaper article earlier about what happened in the courtroom. So what do you think and uh, what do you anticipate might happen during the trial that's going to happen perhaps in a month or so? And for some reaction, we spoke a few weeks ago to former state representative Sean Shaw. He's a, he was the Democratic nominee for attorney general four years ago. He represented Tampa in the state House of Representatives until, um, until that election. And here's what Sean Shaw said about this whole ordeal between Governor Ron DeSantis suspending Andrew Warren. You're listening to WMNF Tampa. I mean, I was shocked and... Um as someone who has been around politics a little while and has observed the governor, I didn't think I could still be shocked, but I was. I mean, that's, uh, I know the governor engages in behavior that some of us would consider trolling, and I know he's very aggressive in certain things, and okay, I get it, but to remove the duly elected state attorney in Hillsborough County, in a county that vote, uh, Andrew Warren got more votes than the governor in this county, um, and he's been elected twice, and to really remove him because of things he said rather than things he did, uh, I mean, it's, there's a very high standard to remove someone, first of all, under the Florida Constitution. There's a very high standard. It's incompetence, malfeasance, misfeasance, uh, drunkenness. I mean, there's a lot of words there. Um, but you don't remove someone that's been elected by the people unless there's very good reason. And this just doesn't meet that standard. So I was, I was shocked. We just heard Sean Shaw. He was speaking on this show a few weeks ago. He's a former state representative, the Democratic nominee for attorney general in 2018. And you're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. We've started to get some phone calls. I'm going to put some phone calls on the line. If you'd like to weigh in on this, what you think about what happened in court yesterday or what the outcome might be. I want to play another reaction from a law professor that was also on the show just a few weeks ago. Here's about a one minute clip from Paul Boudreau, who is a professor of law at Stetson University College of Law in Gulfport, was on the show a few weeks ago. And so here's his thoughts on the legal ramifications of this case of what is called Andrew Warren versus Ron DeSantis. The First Amendment gives everyone in America the right to free speech to say their viewpoints, um, particularly with concerning um, political issues. Um, And you do not lose those free speech rights simply because you're an important government official, such as as a state attorney or a governor. Um, DeSantis argued in his suspension order that it's because of his conduct, what Andrew Warren is doing or says that he plans to do. And you're not protecting the First Amendment for what you do 
if it violates the law or, or does something that um, that harms a certain interest that is different from speech and that's going to be one thing the court is going to have to decide is whether he was fired simply for what he said or what he has done or as DeSantis puts what he has planned to do. Again, that is Paul Boudreaux, who is professor of law at Stetson University College of Law in Gulfport, talking about the case Andrew Warren versus Ron DeSantis, speaking on this show a few weeks ago, maybe about four weeks ago. And I'd like to get your thoughts on Andrew Warren versus Ron DeSantis. Let's go with Clark in Ybor City. Hi, Clark. Hey, Sean. I called friends in uh, Tallahassee. I lived up there a long time. I'm still a member of the Tallahassee Bar Association to find out what was going on and this hearing, and I was so excited that you're having this uh, today. Uh, my thoughts on it is I just can't believe it could be removed without uh, taking action. I have heard some other uh, things that, you know, signing it, he was, um, you know, his official duties as, as a state attorney, the, the governor has some basis, but it's a, it's such an outrageous act, and I just so appreciate you uh, and Susie Cafe and WMNF bringing this uh report but t- today and I uh, and I hope for continuing coverage. Well, thank you so much, Clark. I appreciate you calling in. And I want to remind people, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. It's 1036 in the morning. And a few minutes ago, I was on the f- on Zoom, that is, with Andrew Warren, who is the elected state attorney in Hillsborough County. He was suspended by Governor Ron DeSantis, is suing Governor DeSantis for his job back. If you missed any of this interview, you can watch it on our website, W. WMNF.org. Just a reminder that this is an encore presentation of Tuesday Cafe. We're not taking calls today. We'll be back with a live show next Tuesday. We're going to go to Jeff in Dover in just a minute, but I, I want to um, maybe give you uh, some questions that you could answer when you call in or when you text in. So what do you think about this case? Do you think that the judge, based on what you heard, uh, the judge's opinion, I read to you a little bit about what the judge said, and you heard from Andrew Warren a little bit about what the judge said. How do you think that the judge might rule when he hears all the evidence? Uh, this is a federal case, and it also, of course, will be appealed either whichever side wins. It'll get appealed, and it'll go to a court of appeals in Atlanta, federal court of appeals in Atlanta, is my understanding, after the decision by the federal judge who is located in Tallahassee. All right, let's go now to Jeff in Dover. Welcome to the show, Jeff. What would you like to say? Thanks, Sean. Sean, um, I have a question to you. I'm hoping that you can shed uh, some light on. I think the judge is doing a great job so far. But I also know that the judicial process, um, he's only going to rule on what kind of evidence is brought before him. You know, a lot of times criminals get to go free because they weren't charged with the right crime um, or, you know, some some small um, little thing that that wasn't uh, judicially prudent. But my question to you is, did do you feel or do you do you know whether or not the attorney general made a compliance uh, violation if he signed an affidavit that said that if he were to make any um, public statements or press-related statements that he would have to um, get those approved through um, the, the press uh, compliance officer first. I know a lot of corporations like Citibank uh, make you sign um, a lot of affidavits, you know, that you won't make any press-related comments or anything that could shed a negative light on the corporation that you work for without first contacting uh, the press office, you know, for press releases. Yeah, I understand the question, Jeff. Let me get to that. So, you know, of course, I don't know of any. Um, Andrew Warren didn't mention any. And I think 
uh, if he or his attorneys were here, he would say, they're not my boss. <laughs> You're not my supervisor, as they say on Archer, right? I, you know, the, the attorney general and the, the, the governor really don't, aren't the bosses directly of, of the state, the elected state attorneys. So um, I think the answer to your question is they probably haven't. Of course, I don't know for sure if they have. And I, th- I think it would be kind of awkward if they were asked to do such a thing just because of the if you want to call it chain of command. So um, thank you for that question. And if anyone has an, I'm guessing, you know, I'm, I'm speculating about the answer, but if anyone knows for sure about that, why don't you give us a call? 813-239-9663. Let's go again to um, the phones. We have David in Valrico. Hi, David. Thanks for joining us. Hi, yeah. Good morning. Thanks for uh, bringing up the subject. You know, I just want to bring something to people's attention that this is not the first time in Governor or DeSantis's playbook that he's actually removed people from office. And I'd have to go back and do the research, but uh, members of the school board in Broward County were removed. The sheriff was removed after the Parkland shootings, um, which they were not directly uh, responsible for those events. And generally speaking, he attacks people in Democratic uh, areas, which is totally against the violation of our democracy. Um, and, and I truly believe that even though he's drumming up his base, he only won the election by less than 1%. And he, uh, you know, using the terms like wokeism and, and other very divisive uh, terms. I want to I vote for someone who is for all the people, even if they don't agree with my personal views. Uh, but they still support me and other citizens. I want that type of governor. I do not want an authoritarian politician that is trying to up, and I hate to bring up his name, but what Trump has done and has been proven to do in calling cities sanctuaries. Well, listen, if he's, if he's going to demonize a person for their First Amendment rights, then he does not understand what American values are. That's what I have to say. Hey, David, I have a question for you. So, I mean, I can tell who you're not going to vote for this November for governor. But my question is, you know, you you made a good point. The, The governor, Ron DeSantis, won his election by a fairly small amount relative to the entire state of Florida. Uh, So on paper, that might appear that he would be vulnerable to not winning re-election. On the other hand, you look at polls, and while the, some of the polls do look fairly close, some even within the margin of error, usually it's DeSantis on top of his main challenger would be Charlie Crist this year. Uh, what is it? What is it about his popularity? Something ha- has happened where he's become a lot more popular. Certainly nationwide, he's he's very popular, and in, in Florida, his popularity hasn't hasn't really diminished since he won election four years ago. So he's become kind of a formidable opponent for whoever is would would have challenged him which again charlie christ is the democratic nominee this year what's going to happen in november well you know throughout history uh people people with a fascist view is able to hit that drum and and beef up support only to find destruction in their past later in their uh political careers mussolini hitler not to call him hitler because it's not quite at that area but he's using speech that is is destructive uh, to the general population. So what we need to do is really call out, and I hate to say it, let's call out the Christians. 
if Christians are saying that immigration is bad, then then maybe their forefathers and their parents needed not to become an American citizen because they don't value American and Christian values if they're using Christianity as a base for their activities. Uh, there is, God and Jesus does not know any borders. So if you are against immigration and you claim to be, have Christian values and American values, then you're just deceiving yourself. So what we really need to do is do some public shaming of those people that claim to be Christians. And speaking of Christians... Wrap it up, okay. There, can I say one thing? Yeah. Governor DeSantis uses the Lord's name in vain. He went out to Michigan, took a verse from the Bible, took out the word devil, and put in the left. When he was talking about the armor of God, you know, that is disgraceful. And and to be so vain in your political ambitions to use a person's religion as for your own gain is is against God's wishes. All right. Thanks for calling in, David. I appreciate appreciate the call. Just a reminder that this is an encore presentation of Tuesday Cafe. We're not taking calls today. We'll be back with a live show next Tuesday. DeMarco writes in, uh, he sends an article from, uh, looks like perhaps the New York Times or the Tampa Bay Times. I can't tell. I'm just seeing a logo. And the title of the article says, How the Proud Boys Gripped the Miami-Dade Republican Party. Yeah, there's there's a lot of ultra-right violence, right? Political parties are, or at least one of the political parties in Florida is are really kind of becoming intertwined with the violent political right now. Um, Miami-Dade Republican Party, Proud Boys, the Sarasota County um, Executive Republican Executive Committee certainly has some people who have ties to Proud Boys. Uh, there's been a lot of um, connections in Pasco County as well. Maybe not, I'm not so sure about the political parties there, but um, certainly there's been a lot of violent right-wing groups associated with, with uh, in Pasco County. And the Tampa Bay Times has an article today about how uh, one of the January 6th insurrectionists has come to, to Tampa and just set up shop in Tampa and is, is um, operating here. So I think being vigilant about right-wing violence and any kind of political violence is something that we really need to do. All right, well, let's go now to Lenny in St. Petersburg. Hi, Lenny, what's on your mind? Hi, well, this is a very important conversation and uh, I think something that we're just talking about is you know, how we can broaden this argument that people who are not necessarily on the left or Democrats are interested in and I think with regard to Andrew Warren, you know, by saying that he's not going to prosecute certain cases, such like the abortion uh, being 15 weeks, you know, uh, that's being contested now in court. And um, so what he's doing is actually he's saving taxpayer money. And I think that's an important thing that we need to consider is that he's being selective in his uh, cases that he knows he can win and saving taxpayer money and being effective in his job and not having to drag Florida taxpayers through going to the Supreme Court to try to defend laws that may be declared unconstitutional. And that's happened countless times here in Florida. 
why are Florida taxpayers having to pay for lawsuits to defend questionable laws? All right. I appreciate the, that comment, Lenny. Yeah, why indeed? Um, you know, you see it a lot. They, they talk about the states being the laboratory for democracy, but one of the f- laboratories are expensive. And so when, when these states put out these laws that are on the edge of, the, of, of legality, and then the, then the taxpayers of that state kind of have to see the costs of the courts. So uh, good point. Hadn't thought about that too much. So thank you for that. Uh, let's go now. Thanks, Lenny. We have Carl in Clearwater. Hi, Carl. You're on the air. Hi, enjoying the show. You know, I, my basic comment is I'm very concerned that people are really underestimating the threat level that the Trump supporters and not just the Trump supporters, but the supporters of other politicians. Racism is at the core of all these people, including the so-called religious people, the Christians. You know, and the other thing is, you know, there's in the last decades, last few decades, there's a lot of competition between brown people and black people, you know, for jobs. And a lot of these uh, brown people that live in this country have, you know, aligned themselves somewhat and they're making a deal with the devil because it's white racism that's behind all of this. And, you know, a lot of these people in the media, they talk around the edges, but it's white racist people that are creating all these issues with the, you know, and I just wish, you know, just like when the Nazis came to power, you know, they, people played footsie with them and, and, uh, you know, they, they thought that, you know, they could control the Nazis and the Nazis could be used. And I hear a lot of people, they're underestimating the threat right now to everyone from these people. Anyway, that's my comment. All right. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate your thoughts. You're listening to WMNF Tampa. We bring you a platform for having conversations like this. Earlier, my guest was Andrew Warren, who's the suspended state attorney for Hillsborough County. And you, you can listen to or watch that interview again on our website, WMNF.org. Just a reminder that this is an encore presentation of Tuesday Cafe. We're not taking calls today. We'll be back with a live show next Tuesday. This is a person in the 914 area code did not sign their name. She or he writes, Christians follow the law of the land. It is illegal for illegal immigrants to cross the border. I'd like for David and Valrico to open his doors and not have a border to his living room. So thank you for that unsigned comment from the 914 area code. But uh, point uh, I'd like to make here is that um, we heard today that there have been a record number of arrests at the southern border this year. It broke last year's record. So there's not an open border. I mean, maybe you didn't say that directly, but it sounds like you're, you're thinking that there's a, an open border on the southern border. That's, that's hardly the case. Um, some people would say, unfortunately, that there's, there's so much difficulty in getting into the United States, um, even for people who are seeking refugee status. Thank you for that comment, 914. Also, HW in Largo says, DeSantis is a merciless capitalist, a fascist, and a demagogue, period. So thank you for that comment, HW in Largo. Let's go now to Caroline in St. Pete. Hi, Caroline. 
Hi there, Sean. Um, I'm so sorry I missed your earlier interview with um, Mr. Warren. He's a hero to me. Um, I have to deal with the courts in Hillsborough County and um, with the change. Um, I feel like it's really messing up uh, things for constituents and the people in the offices. Again, we're being um, not well served by DeSantis, of course. And um, I wanted to say, oh my goodness, um, the Holocaust education. I've been uh, was an educator for over 30 years in middle school, and there used to be a required unit in seventh grade on the Holocaust. I remember as a social studies teacher teaching that. And then I left middle school and came back for a while, and um, that unit was gone. And I wonder, you know, we need that more than ever because these kids are the ones being targeted by the hate groups online. And they're very, you know, when you hear, you know, the interviews with former Proud Boys, that's a concerted effort. And I don't know why people aren't upset about that, you know, instead of what, you know, kids are, you know, talk about what kids are learning in school. Um, and um, the 914 unsigned person, I, I guess I don't blame them for not putting their name on that um, themselves as a Christian because, um that Christ I believe in um, actually um, was a refugee himself. <laughs> and he would say that no human is illegal. Um, just, just throwing that in there from the comment. And again, I, I love what you do, Sean. Thank you for providing a voice for the community. And again, going back to Andrew Warren, um, as a person going through the court system right now as a victim, I am seeing a difference. They changed the um, assistant DA that was handling my case. And um, the poor guy, you know, I don't want to, you know, mention names and all, but it sounds like we're just adding unnecessary stress. And again, the, the previously who mentioned, you know, saving taxpayers dollars because, you know, Andrew Warren is not going to prosecute cases that are not surefire bets. You know what I mean? They're, they're, he knows the law and I really hope he prevails. So thank you. Caroline, thank you. That's a really, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for your situation, but I'm glad that you gave us that perspective that I haven't heard elsewhere that the, the court system in, in Hillsborough County has been affected by the change in leadership in the state attorney's office. So thank you for bringing that. Speaking, just speaking from my own limited experience, thank God that was the first and hopefully last experience I'll have with the courts, but, um, quite a journey. And, um, the assistant DA who was handling my case was very, very prompt in replying. He actually picked up the phone. And since then, um, the person, you know, there's more stuff going on with the case. So I called and I haven't received a call back. So that just shows me, you know, DeSantis must hate his constituents or something or not know the ramifications, the, um, the consequences of his actions and the impact on constituents. So thank you for letting me share that. And again, the Holocaust education part, what happened to that? I'm really concerned. I mean, everybody is, all those parents looking at, looking through libraries for books about, you know, <laughs> you know silly stuff. And then, you know, this important education is, I really feel like the neglect of that has led to today's situation along with everything else. Thanks so much for calling in, Caroline. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, two points I want to make. One is, sorry about this. I'm going to give a shameless plug again. Caroline said that she did not uh, catch all of the interview with Andrew Warren. On our website, WMNF.org, I'm going to post video and audio of that interview later this afternoon, WMNF.org. Also, uh, regarding, you know, people not getting educated about the Holocaust, that certainly, uh, it seems to be true, the experience you're sharing. And also, there was, a, there was an example of, I forget which county was it, Palm Beach County or something like that, where they were trying to ban Anne Frank's diary. So, 
who knows whether we're doing a good job of improving education about really important issues. So um, thank you for that call. Let's go now to uh, Joe in Clearwater. Joe, you say you have kind of an opposing view. Yeah, uh, he's uh, the uh, previous caller, not the one that you just spoke with, but the one that said that we have laws against uh, illegal immigration. We absolutely do have laws against that. And uh, I believe I heard on the radio or TV, one of the two, that 8,000 uh, illegals come across the southern border every day. You know, we should have, uh, we should, look, we can't take care of the rest of the world, okay? I mean, there's a lot of poverty in the world, and I understand that. And I feel bad for them, but we cannot afford to bring them all here and take care of them. Yeah, I don't think that and, there are that many people who uh, successfully immigrate into the U.S. and uh, stay. I think that a lot of people are arrested. And, you know, I, I don't think that there's as many people crossing the border and staying as, as, our, as some news organizations would like to make you afraid into believing. I'm not afraid. I just, I, there's no so, fear in it. There's yeah. just... Aggravation and disgust, really, that our laws are not being uh, obeyed, you know, and they're not being enforced. Well, there have been, there was a record number of arrests at the border as well. So I thank you for that uh, thought, Joe. I really appreciate you calling in. And again, you're listening to WMNF Tampa. We have about uh, three minutes left in the show. So uh, let's see if we can squeeze in a couple of uh, text messages that have come in and, uh, and an email, and uh, sorry, one more phone call. Charles writes, it's crucial in order to be a Republican nowadays to pretend that things are radically different than they actually are. These people are so brainwashed that they honestly believe that there's an open border without even understanding what that means. They honestly believe that Democrats want to turn little boys into little girls and vice versa. And why shouldn't they? Marco Rubio is on the TV telling them exactly that. So those are the words of Charles. And then Amin writes, how come they don't ship Ukrainian migrants? Let me guess, they're not brown. That's what Amin writes. That I just read it word for word. I'm not sure exactly um, what Amin is getting at, but uh, let's hear from Doug in Clearwater. Doug, you have about 30 seconds. What can you say? Okay, I just want to say, you know, Governor DeSantis is so divisive. And, you know, it's important to be, you know, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. If you want to do something as far as the whole Holocaust, teach the documentary on the 13th Amendment. It's about, it's about the black race, you know? I mean, it's, it's legitimate. I mean, it's, it's, it's well-founded. So that's all I've got. You're recommending that people watch the documentary 13th? Yes. All right. Good advice. Thanks, Doug. I, I enjoy that documentary. I think it's very informative. Yes, all right, thank you for and thank you to all my callers and all the people who have emailed and texted in. And I also want to thank my guest, Hillsborough's elected state attorney Andrew Warren, who was suspended last month by Governor Ron DeSantis. He was a guest on WMNF's Tuesday Cafe today. And if you missed any of that interview, you can watch it again beginning this afternoon on WMNF.org. I want to thank our phone screener, John Dunn. You have been listening to Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canam. If you like the programming on 88.5 FM, please consider making a donation at WMNF.org. In this time slot tomorrow, Shelly will host Midpoint. Coming up next is NPR News Headlines. And then after NPR at 11.06 is Wavemakers with Janet and Tom Sherberger. That's coming up after NPR Headlines. You're listening to WMNF Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota, Lakeland, Pasco County, Hernando County, Bradenton. Thanks so much for listening to WMNF Community Radio.
Tune in every Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock for WMNF Wavemakers, featuring conversations with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay area. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. Each week, we will bring you people who are not just talking about change, they are making it happen. Do you know a Wavemaker? Write us at dj at wmnf.org with Wavemakers in the subject line. And listen anytime by searching for WMNF Wavemakers wherever you listen to podcasts. People! This is WMNF Tampa.